Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Phillies Today podcast. I am your host, Dan Wilson, coming to you following a series opening loss. It's the San Francisco Giants. Phillies lose 6-3 out in San Francisco. Late game, 9.45 p.m. start. Uh, on the East Coast, and a game that I'm sure many people were not able to uh, stay up and watch, but Phillies lose 6-3. You might have seen how this game unraveled, uh, because the majority of the runs in this game, they were scored in the second inning. Uh, the Phillies went up 2-0 in the second inning on an Alec Bohm home run, and then the floodgates opened. Uh, just six runs from the Giants, it was all they needed in the bottom of the second inning, uh, they were they came all belly falter was pitching. We'll get into uh, how this game unfolded uh, and my takeaways in just a little bit. Falter actually not recording, not not allowing these runs as earned runs, uh, and I'll get into why that happened in a second. But uh, so my three takeaways from the game again: Phillies lose six uh, three at the hand of the Giants. They dropped through twenty and twenty one on the season, uh, and the first takeaway is that. Falter is really pushing his luck, uh, and he came into the season with, when I say he's pushing his luck, he came into the season with some pretty strong job security, and so far he's really testing the Phillies to see if they can try and find another option in that spot. Christopher Sanchez down in the minor leagues has not been good. Matt Strom, who was a rotation guy uh, earlier in the season, and then Ranger Suarez came back. They really seem to like him in a bullpen role, and he's never pitched more than like 56 innings. Or he has, but he didn't pitch more than 56 innings last year, so there's some questions as to whether his arm would be stretched out and whether his tenure as a starter uh, would go well past the end of May or early June. So right now, it seems like Bailey Falter is pretty unreal job security uh, except he he hasn't been good his ERA has been north he came into this game with a 5.75 ERA his ERA actually went down in this game uh, despite allowing six runs because none of them were earned so in, in that second inning uh, there was a play uh, at second base where it was a ground ball to Trey Turner. It should have been a fielder's choice, and Bryson Stott dropped it. And then there was a ball hit to Nick Castellanos in right field that he dropped that ultimately turned into a fielder's choice. Uh, and, of course, his earned runs work out when you add outs plus errors made. You basically score it as if uh, all the plays were made in the field. The defense certainly did not help Bailey Falter uh, on Monday night. But Bailey Falter has not been good. And so regardless of the fact that the defense let him down on Monday night, uh, the truth remains that the Phillies are 
Uh, he is barely faltered himself as 0-7. The Phillies are 0-8 uh, in games that he pitches in this year. I shouldn't say starts, uh, as he did not actually start this game. Connor Brogdon did. Uh, they, they used an opener. Rob Thompson electing to go with an opener uh, out in San Francisco, a move that I think probably makes sense. I mean, Bailey Falter was really, really susceptible to allowing first-inning runs all season long. I'd actually floated this idea right here on the podcast uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Bailey Falter having an opener makes perfect sense. Now, Connor Brogdon didn't do, do him any favors either, so I'm not pinning this game exclusively like Bailey Falter. You know, it was a perfect opportunity for Bailey Falter to just come into a clean second inning and he was cruising and then got knocked around. No, he had to come in. He actually got Brogdon out of a bases-loaded jam uh, in that first inning. Brogdon left him bases-loaded two outs. They brought in F- Falter. Uh, he got the final out of the inning, and then he came back out for the second, and that's when all hell broke loose. Uh, but Bailey Falter, I mean, if you're going to be 0-8 every time he starts... He doesn't. He's not pitching at a major league level right now. He, he feels like he'd be better served in Lehigh. I don't have a good solution. Like I usually, I, I would try and think of a solution uh, that would make a lot of sense. As I mentioned, Christopher Sanchez uh, has not been good. I don't think they're going to bring up a guy like Mick Abel even close to as of yet. And when you look across the rest of the organization, again, I mentioned Matt Strom's name. There's not really a viable option. Like right now, unless you go sign. Madison Bumgarner or Dallas Keuchel or some washed-up former star pitcher from 10 years ago, this is what the Phillies are dealing with. And and the lack of rotational depth uh, is incredibly concerning. That that was my main... That was the main thing I thought about while watching this game, is that the Phillies are running thin in the rotation as is. Bailey Falter, like uh, the entire fan base, anyone who watches this Phillies team day in and day out, is dreading every time he starts because it seems like an automatic loss. And every time Falter goes out there, it feels like you're punting a game. And therefore, like, what if one of the other guys in the rotation got hurt? If Zach Wheeler goes down with an injury, if Aaron Nola goes down with an injury, if Ranger Suarez goes down with another injury, like, what's this team's plan? What what is this team going to do? Uh, because right now they're in a really bad situation. Even Taiwan Walker, I mean, he hasn't been anything special. He has gone deep into some games. But they don't really have another rotation arm at this point. It's really, really concerning, really, really weak. Uh, it speaks to a large organizational depth problem, especially on that pitching side. So for right now, I mean, it, it feels like after the last start we said, oh, will Billy, Billy Falter stay in this rotation? And after this start, not start, but after this appearance, uh, the question uh, around this game, the, the takeaway from this game is, will Bailey Falter continue to have his spot in the rotation? I can't see a scenario in which he doesn't. If he does, again, maybe they go to Matt Strom. They believe he can stretch him out, but that's probably more of a temporary fix. Maybe they send Falter down to Lehigh to work on some things. That's a possible option and perhaps the best option at this point. But at some point, Bailey Falter is going to have to come back to this team, come back to this rotation, uh, and Provide some length. Provide some serious, serious length for this team for you know to not tax this bullpen and not have this team have a scheduled loss once every five days because uh, at this point it's getting pretty frustrating uh, and he's playing with a lot of house money. Uh, that's, that's pretty undeserving. So 
Again, Phillies lose 6-3 in San Francisco, drop the 20-21 on the season. Falter, he goes four and a third, does not allow any earned runs, allows six unearned runs uh, following a an error at by Bryson Stott at second base. The first ever error uh, that Bryson Stott has ever made at second base. He plays a pretty clean role in the field. Uh, and it was a ball he absolutely should have had. Like Trey Turner threw, threw it to him. Uh, it was a routine catch at second base. Just, just dropped it and then... Like in later in the inning, Castellanos flubs a ball in right field that didn't matter nearly as much because they still got the out at second uh, on a fielder's choice. Uh, but that brings me to my takeaway number two: was was Keith Hernandez? Did he have a point about the defense? I, I mean, I hate to give more validity to that story if you guys don't remember last year, uh, Keith Hernandez mentioned that he doesn't want to call Phillies games uh, because the defense is just like so putrid. This Phillies, the, the Phillies defense being a struggle is not anything new. I mean, this 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 dates back to last year. It dates back to the season before uh, when Girardi was here, even through the end of the season. You just can't at the major league level if you're kicking the ball around the infield, if you're dropping easy fly balls in right field, and both of those things happened on Monday night. Like it's impossible to win baseball games in the major leagues when you're beating yourself, and it it's hard to say. It's not always errors. It, it's not as simple as looking up who has the most errors in the major leagues because you have to be in position uh, to make a play uh, to receive an error. But sometimes in left field, Kyle Schwarber totally mistracks a ball. He had another one of those uh, on Monday night as well where he seems to really struggle playing balls off the left field wall. He doesn't move uh, even as fast as he used to out there in left field. And Mundo Sosa, I have mentioned this season, uh, has played below his potential, certainly over at third base. The defense is not a strong suit for this team. And I get certain guys are playing positions more than they thought they were going to be. Uh, That starts with Castellanos, who has played a lot more right field than he probably bargained for when he first got here, thinking Bryce Harper would do that. And Bryce Harper has spent the majority of Nick Castellanos' time here, either on the injured list or uh, DHing. So Castellanos is obviously playing above his, what he believed. Schwarber's playing a lot more left field than he believed, and Mundo Sosa's just getting a lot more playing time than he believed, but he's supposed to be really, really good at defense. Uh, Alec Bohm, you know, continues to play more first base than he believed. Um, and then Bryson Stott, you know, gets a little bit more of a pass, though it was a critical uh, time to make an error in the game. It's not a pattern at all with him. That, that guy has been stellar in the field. Uh, but at a certain thing, at a certain point, these things add up. The poor defense, the poor base running, uh, the beating yourselves. This is not a team who can afford to do it. As I mentioned, there are 41 games in the season. They sit a game below 500. Uh, and I know we'll get we'll get into the numbers of you know where this team stood around this time last year and all that kind of stuff. But um, the, the Phillies are not in a position where they can be affording to give a team like the San Francisco Giants, who are not good, by the way. Like we're, we're so used to them being good. They had a worse record than the Phillies coming into this series. You can tell what the expectations are if you watch the game or rewatch the highlights. Uh, San Francisco typically always draws a good crowd out there, and in this particular case, they did not because the expectations for this team are low. I get it was a Monday night, and it's in May, but nevertheless, they used to still draw massive, massive numbers and sell out the majority of the games out there when the team is good. This is not the the same San Francisco Giants team that you know won three World Series in five years or that was contending for the playoffs even a couple of years ago. Uh, so the fact that the Phillies 
kind of cough one up. You know, Falter was really, really bad. Uh, and he, he proceeded to allow a home run later in the inning uh, to Michael Conforto, by the way, who was a Phillies killer, I believe. His 23rd uh, career home run against the Phillies, obviously spent a lot of time with the Mets. Um, but yeah, in that second inning, it, it starts with a, a leadoff single. There's the fielder, uh, a fielder's choice, another single. Um, Tyro Estrada came up. He reached on the fielder's choice by Stott, the the fielder's choice ball that Stott dropped. Uh, Wilmer Flores had a sacrifice fly, making it two one. But Michael Conforto delivering uh, the drive of the game essentially uh, with a three run home run, scoring Wilmer Flores and Bryce Johnson. Again, they're not earned runs. Like Falter should have been out of the inning, but he just really, really struggles uh, to be effective on the mound this year. Uh, Conforto just knows how to pick it up when he plays against the Phillies. The defense cost them in this game. Uh, it, it seemed like a pretty routine Phillies loss. And uh, just uh, to speak to the overall consistency and or lack thereof uh, with, with this Phillies team right now, it feels like one week they win every game in a week, and granted they had two off days. Uh, and then following that, they lose a game in Colorado and you know have another clunker out in San Francisco. So hoping they can turn it around, certainly tonight we'll, we will preview the pitching matchup a little bit later on. Uh, my first two takeaways from this game, again, Falls are pushing his luck in that rotation, probably... Uh, causing the Phillies front office to seek a little bit of desperation as to, or Rob Thompson as well, uh, other options to fill that fifth spot in the rotation. They don't have a viable option right now, uh, but Bailey Falter doesn't appear to be a viable option right now himself. And the second thing was, you know, sarcastically, but did Keith, Keith Hernandez have a point? Is the defense on this team hurt them in a way that it impacts them more, certainly than a major league team should be impacted by their defense uh, and base running and just little mental things, physical things, things that should be routine at the major league level. So the Phillies beat themselves more than the other average major league team. Obviously, I'm biased, you're biased, this entire fan base is biased, you watch the Phillies the most. Uh, but it seems to happen a little too frequently uh, for my liking. And on, on Monday night, it was certainly uh, the poor defense by Stott and Castellanos, mostly Stott, uh, that caused it got the ball rolling on a six-run giant second uh, as they win 6-3 to three over the Phillies. Uh, and the third thing I wanted to get into, and I, I mentioned I was going to get to this, is that it's getting it's getting late early. Uh, the Phillies are now 41 games in the season. Uh, they're 20 and 21. They said a game below 500 with a win on Tuesday night. Uh, they would get back to 500 for the fifth time this season. Uh, they were obviously 21 and 29 last year. A lot was made of that. That you know they fired the manager and the Phillies. You're never out of it. And there are teams who can really not looked so great through the first 50 games and baseball such a long season uh and you'll get there right like if the team is good enough the 162 game baseball season is a large enough sample size that you will get to the point uh you need to you can't just because they did it a year ago hey there, there were a lot of things that broke in the phillies way last year i mean they were the final team in the national league playoffs they were on the brink of going down 0-1 of the St. Louis Cardinals, and they mounted a comeback in the ninth, and it was you know a great moment because the Phillies hadn't played a playoff game in 11 years, and they actually found a way to claw their way back in one, and then they iced the series in Game 2, and then in the division series they beat the Braves, and they got fortunate, in my opinion, facing the Padres and not the Dodgers in the National League Championship Series. and like They had a very, very nice run, and baseball can get a little wacky in that sense that you know the team like the Dodgers can win like 25 more games than them and the Phillies are still representing the National League in the World Series well just as easily as they can make the World Series uh, you know a year ago they could 
not make the playoffs this year, right? Like they're just sitting right on that cusp again, and they're sitting right around the 500 mark. And I'm not feeling great about where this team is at right now. I'm not counting them out. I'm not saying that there's not a lot of baseball left to be played, but I just kind of laid out a case for you here in this open as to they don't have a lot of rotation depth. Their bullpen is continually taxed. You're sending a guy like Bailey Falter out there once every five days, you, and you do little things like kick, you know, kick the ball around the infield and run into base running mistakes, which, to be fair, hasn't not I can't remember a specific base running mistake that has happened recently. Um, but th- this team is twenty and twenty one, and assuming they don't, assuming they don't win one only one of their next nine, I guess it would be uh, they will have a better record through fifty games than the twenty twenty two Phillies. So there is no doubt in my mind that this team should not be counted out. Certainly not mathematically. Um, but but they haven't necessarily shown a whole lot yet again. The first forty coming up on fifty games, that should make anyone watching this team consistently believe they they'll win five in a row, they'll lose five in a row, they'll win a couple, they'll lose a couple. Uh, and you know, water. I oftentimes say, and I've said it on this podcast before, that like water finds its breaking point. Well, the Phillies through forty one games are feel like a pretty break even type of team. And something's gonna have to turn the corner there at some point. The offense is gonna have to kick it into a high gear and really strike fire through the middle of the summer or this rotation is just gonna have to be better. I mean Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler are just gonna have to flat out be better. Uh the rotational depth isn't there. You're gonna need your aces to start pitching like your aces on a much more consistent basis than they have through the first month and a half of this season. Uh so it's on everybody. It's it's not you can't expect the magic of last year just to carry us through uh this entire season. Uh and just because the Phillies you know, were below 500 through 50 games last year is not sort any sort of indication that they could get away with it. Like lightning is not going to strike twice. Like it, it's almost inconceivable that they could start out that bad again and go on a magical road. They're not firing the manager this time around. There's not going to be some big midseason news that's going to kick everything into high gear. Uh, this team is going to have to turn it around, and it feels like we've been saying that for a little bit now. It is no longer early. We are past Mother's Day. We're coming up on Memorial Day. Uh, it's fair to judge this team's record and say that they've been nothing but, but a middle-of-pack 500 team. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to say, and this is kind of just a weird, quirky, statistical thing that I've noticed, and I pointed it out last week, but it continues, which is that Trey Turner got another hit uh, on Monday night, and he's been you know, had a hit in just about every game since since Bryce Harper has come back. Uh, but as I laid out last week, like the, he's got a real knack for getting just exactly one hit in in a game since Bryce Harper has come back. He's had two two multi hit games uh, since uh, Bryce has returned in that Dodgers series, and it's like a lot of one for fours, one for fives. He was one for five on Monday night. He was two for four on Sunday in Colorado. Uh, he did have an over three in the game before that in Colorado, but then again, going before that one for four, one for four, one for five, one for three, uh, with a walk one, two for five, one for five, one for five. Uh, he seems to have a real knack for getting exactly one hit in a game. And the impressive part about it is that much like the Phillies appear to be married to 500, Trey Turner appears to be married uh, to a 260 batting average. That was his batting average. He started at 261 when his nine-game hitting streak began, uh, just before Bryce Harper came back. That hitting streak came to a close, but now that we're on the other side of, for the most part, him 
going one for three, one for four, one for five, two for five. Uh, he still is a 260 hitter two weeks later. So I guess the guy's consistent. I'd like to see a guy making that kind of money and who's one of the best players in baseball really kick it into high gear uh, at some point here is, you know, the calendar flips into late May uh, and I'm laying out the case for it being late early. Um, but, you know, Bryce Bryce Harper, he has been really, really good since he's come back. Trey Turner has been hitting the ball better uh, with Bryce Harper behind him, but I, I don't think we've seen that high gear to Trey Turner as of yet. He's kind of just really consistently getting like a hit a day to keep that 260 batting average exactly where it is. So those are my takeaways uh, and just a weird observation from last night's game. On the other side, preview tonight's pitching matchup uh, and give you a little weird factoid uh, about Oracle Park on the way out. Uh, of course, the Phillies playing a three-game series out there in San Francisco. Always a fun trip uh, when they go play on the West Coast. You get a little late-night baseball, uh, and the Giants certainly play uh, in a unique uh, stadium out there in San Francisco that's going to pertain uh, to what I bring up in the closing segment. Again, you're listening to the Phillies Today podcast. I am Dan Wilson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Phillies Today podcast with your host, Dan Wilson. Game two of the three-game series out in San Francisco, Phillies and Giants coming up later tonight. It'll be Zach Wheeler going up against Alex Cobb. Alex Cobb, uh, who has been really, really good as of late. There's no other way to say it. Uh, He's gone seven-plus innings in each of his last two starts, has not allowed a run uh, since the month of April. Uh, when he last, on April 30th, in a game against the Padres, when five innings allowed three runs. Start before that, a complete game shutout. Um, he's been really, really good. His ERA, 1-7 uh, on the season. He's uh, been one of the best pitcher, starting pitchers in baseball, frankly, all year. For Zach Wheeler, he's coming off a seven-inning, one-run performance against the Toronto Blue Jays. He certainly had a bit of a roller coaster for season, not pitching uh, as well as you would expect Zach Wheeler to, but his ERA is 380 uh, on the season. Could be in for a bit of a pitcher's duel tonight. You hope that Zach Wheeler does the job and that the Phillies find a way to get a few runs uh, across against Cobb. Um, and certainly, if they get runners on, actually knock those runners in. Uh, Phillies, certainly something they've struggled with on the offensive side this year. Runners in scoring position, they go 0 for 8 uh, with runners in scoring position on Monday night. Uh, my really quick thing that I kind of want to just point out that was cool, and they were talking about during the broadcast, if you were watching it last night, uh, is that the Giants, if you've ever noticed, if you've ever been to Oracle Park, if you've ever even seen it on TV, uh, they actually count, they have McCovey Cove, the water, uh, the San Francisco Bay, out in right field, and they actually keep a counter of how many Giants home runs, how many total home runs in general, uh, have actually been hit out into the water. And currently, the splash hit counter is at 99. Now, that means 99 different San Francisco Giants home runs since that ballpark opened and I believe 2,000 uh, have been hit into the water. So they're sitting on a bit of a milestone out there. Uh, the next home run that goes into the water um, will be the 100th. Uh, so if the Phillies allow a Giants home run in the next couple of games, they will be part of history. Uh, they've been sitting for a couple of weeks now, I believe. The Giants have been sitting on 99 McCovey Cove home runs uh, all time in that stadium. Oracle Park, it's had a few other names as well. Of course, Barry Bonds has like half of those home runs. Uh, but nevertheless, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, and 54 road home runs, I should also mention, um, for just opponents in general going to San Francisco. The Phillies have three of them. Uh, the most recent one of any team, not just for the Phillies, uh, the most recent opposing player to hit a home run in the McCovey Cove uh, was last September 3rd, and it was done by Bryson Stott back in 2019 on August 9th. Bryce Harper hit one, and back on July 11th, 
2015, uh, Cody Ashey did it. So three Phillies have done it all time, and seven Phillies pitchers all time have allowed uh, Giants home runs into the Cove. Back in 2001, Nelson Figueroa, 2003, Jose Mesa, 2009, Rodrigo Lopez, 2019, Drew Smiley, 2019, same series a couple games later, Jake Arrieta, 2021, Aaron Nola, and in September of 22 last year, Kyle Gibson. So that's a little San Francisco Giants splash hit history. It's always aesthetically pleasing to watch a ball sail into the water. Uh, The Giants' next home run that goes into the water will be 100, certainly a milestone marker for them and a milestone marker for all the fans out there who uh, sit out there with the kayaks. Um, But it it would be really cool if another Philly could go yard into the cove. Maybe Bryce does it again or Stott does it again uh, so that the Phillies could get up to four home runs. Of course, they only go out there once a year, uh, but it could get up to four home runs all time and uh, would also be kind of cool. Obviously, don't want to see the Giants hit a home run, but uh, if they do do it in this series, you'll be a witness to history. We'll all be a witness to history. Uh, The Giants, again, sitting on the 100th home run ever hit into McCovey Cove. That'll do it for today's episode of the Phillies Today podcast with your host, Dan Wilson. I'll be back with you tomorrow following Game 2 of this Phillies-Giants series. Until then, talk to you tomorrow, everyone. Enjoy the game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.